God who is fired up about the second weekend of Family Games. Great to see you in the house of God this weekend. We're thrilled you're here. If you missed last weekend, let me challenge you, go back and play the game because it'll be transformation for your family. Everyone that, that was here last weekend, an incredible message through Pastor Zach. Are you, is it worth it? Are you shooting at the right goal? Are you in it to win it? If you want to increase love and generosity in your home, it's an absolute must see. Now, last weekend, we finished with a giving card, but we were out of time. And there are four levels on the giving card last weekend. Beginner, which means you've really never given, you're just going to start. And that's great. Enter the generation journey wherever you can. Second level is learner. You started, you're a beginner. God bless you, and you put God in your budget. Everything that's important to you is in your budget. Are you with me? And so then as you begin to see God move, you'll up that budget. Level three is core, which means that's giving your tithe, 10% of your gross to the Lord through his house. And then level four is kingdom builder, which means that you are giving more than 10% because you've organized your life around generosity and obedience to see the vision of God fulfilled. So jump in there. Begin, I promise you, very few people over 40 years of ministry started that journey and quit because they see the hand of God. So last weekend, we started this series with a game-style show, and I'm just glad to be honest, really. My generation had the best games. I mean, let's be real. Come on, boomers. Come on, talk to me. There we go. This price is right. Password. $10,000 pyramid, it's 20 now, it was 10 back then, money was worth more back then. Let's make a deal, Joker's Wild, name that tune, and Family Feud. Just to mention, so you're welcome, millennials. Now, every generation knows this game. How many of you have ever played Monopoly? Let me see your hand, you played. All right, incredible. Let me tell you what you probably don't know about Monopoly. In 1941, the British Secret Service created a new Monopoly game. This Monopoly game was created to be given to prisoners of war held by the Nazis. And hidden inside the game were maps, compasses, real money, and different objects that those prisoners could use to escape. They were distributed to the prisoners of war by fake charities created by the British secret service. Incredible. What we want to help you with this weekend is escape some of the most taxing things in your home and in your family. So we're going to play, we're going to play Family Feud. So pull your phone out. Come on, this is going to help us. It's going to help you. It's going to show us where we are. The question this weekend, just go ahead and shoot your phone on that QR card. The question this weekend is what is the most taxing problem to your family out of the five possibilities. Distance, you're too far apart, busy schedules, arguments and fights, generational trauma, or work-life balance. Pick one, the thing that affects your family the most. We're gonna leave it up there. Go ahead and find it. We're gonna come back, and we are gonna, we're, gonna, we're gonna talk about it and download that. We all have a family history. My family history is negative, sex abuse, physical abuse, drug addiction, all that kind of stuff. So, so my family was, was a very, very negative place. 
Now, what we know when we play a game is we don't always start at the same spot on the board. So for me, church became my family. That was not God's master plan. God's master plan was that the biological family, which is the best place to learn to love God. Before there was a synagogue in the Old Testament, they learned to love God in the family. Before there was a New Testament, they learned to love God in the family. It is the greatest trading, it's the greatest teaching ground there is. So we, we learn to love God, then we, get, we, we grow and we get saved and we become a part of a, a spiritual family that helps us. God's design and God's desire for, is for faith to be a generational legacy through the family, through the family. God's design and desire for the family is to be free parking to impact the kingdom of God and to win our world. Let's be real again, but because of your background, your family, we don't all start on the same space on the board. We didn't all get the same support. We didn't all start with the same peace that we really would have liked. But, but there's hope this weekend that no matter where you started, no matter where you find yourself on the board, you're, you're gonna have a chance to get free and to, to know the one who will help us all walk in freedom. So the $20,000 question this weekend, and you're gonna think this question's odd, but it's not. So if you're listening, say, Sam, what's in your house that's not in heaven? Father, open our eyes to how we got where we are. Open our eyes to see what needs to be removed, what needs to be added to. Open our eyes to see how our past affected us, either for good or for ill. I pray for incredible conviction. I pray for incredible revelation that we truly will have homes that are a slice of heaven. In Jesus' name we pray. And all God's people said, welcome to everyone, all of our campuses. We love you, thrilled you're with us, whether you're live whether you're online, whether you're watching today or later, God Behind Bars, rock in the house. Revival is about to break out at God Behind Bars. We are so proud of you guys and gals and what you're doing, man. We love you. We love you. So no matter where or when you're watching, we love you. I want you to understand part of my job, my responsibility as, as your pastor is to pray for you every day. I pray for your marriage. If you're married, if you're not, I pray God to give you a godly spouse. Are you with me? godly spouse. I pray for your marriage. I pray for your family. I pray for our kids' ministry, and I've been praying for summer fun, that it will help you add value. I pray for student ministries. I pray for a movement this summer, that it will add value. Because see, family's the foundation. We add value to the family. Are you with me? We had the first institution God created was the family. It wasn't government, wasn't church, wasn't synagogue. It was the family. And I pray for obedience in your family because through you walking obedience, you will walk under the blessings that God has for you. <clears throat> Hope you recognize. Maybe you've been here for a while and you don't realize how blessed we are at Faith Promise. Man, we're a blessed church. Are y'all with me? What an incredible, come on, give the Lord praise. What a spiritual family. What an awesome God that we get to worship. And I believe God has plans for you, plans to give you prosperity, give you a future and a hope. That's what the scripture says. 
And one of the things I pray for you and pray for me and pray for your family and my family is that we would make an impact on the kingdom of God. And one of the ways we do that is by your home being a slice of heaven. You say, Pastor, you've never been to my home. It's not heaven, it's a war zone. In Jesus' name, it's not gonna be anymore. It's not gonna be anymore because that's not the will of God. The will of God, matter of fact, Jesus showed us the will of God for your home and your heart. Pray then this way. Our Father, who is in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom, your will be on as it is in, as, as in your home, as it is in heaven, in your heart, as it is in heaven. Your kingdom come, your will be done in faith promise as it is in heaven. That's the will of the Lord. Your neighbors, your coworkers, your classmates, your friends, the guy in the cubicle next to you, everybody you know should see such a difference in you because the kingdom of God has invaded your heart and your home that they want some of what you have. Are y'all with me? God's will for your home is to be a place where the kingdom comes and invades and rules and transformation spreads out. So let me ask you a question. Come on, you get to thinking, church, it's all right. Don't leave your brain in your car. Are you focusing on growing God's kingdom or your own empire? Because if you're focused just on building your empire, can I tell you? Listen, we can all sit down and play this game of Monopoly and you can win, you get all the money, you can have all the property and we all are in jail, but when the game is over, what do we do? We fold that puppy up and we put it in the closet. And it doesn't matter if you win the whole world and all the money and all the power. What does it profit a man, Jesus said, if he gains the whole world and loses his own soul? See, everything in this world's gonna burn up. It's all gonna burn. But what you do for the kingdom of God will last forever. That's why we put the kingdom first. Our number one value, faith promise, we love God. Number two is we love people. But what the enemy wants is to distract to detour, to divide, and to destroy us, and the place he does that best is at home. At home. Many of you got, got shackled with stronghold as a kid, and you still haven't recognized it. And it's jacking up your marriage, it's jacking up your kids, it's jacking up your joy. You just think that's the way you are. It is not, it's a stronghold the devil used even good parents. I gave my kids bad things. I'm the pastor. Are you with me? Because I watch the bad things I give them. They take it to another level. See, beware of the games people play. Monopoly is just a game. But this game we're talking about this weekend is for keeps. We are in it to win it, aren't we? We're in it to win in our families. We're in it to win it, Faith Promise. Come on, Bristol. We are in it to win it. And God's desire for us is to build a legacy of faith and love that will last for generations. Not just me, not just you, but our kids and their kids and their kids. God's design and desires for faith is a generational legacy through the family. Moses preaches his last sermon and then he's going to die. 
In Deuteronomy, which means the second law, the first five books Moses wrote, except the conclusion of Deuteronomy, it looks like Joshua wrote it, but there are five books and he's retelling the story as he knows he's about to go die. And he's retelling the 10 commandments. This is what he says. Listen, please listen. Do we believe the Bible? Okay, listen, this is what he says. You shall not make for yourself an idol or any likeness which is in heaven above or on earth beneath or in the water under the earth. You shall not worship them or serve them for I, the Lord your God, am a jealous God. And here's where some of our problems are coming from right here. Visiting the iniquity of the fathers on the children to the third and the fourth generation of those who hate me. You say, we don't hate God. God says when you disobey me, when you, when you despise my, my offering, when you despise, he said, you, you hate. there are so many times you Israel said, you hate me. They said, we love you. He said, no, you hate me. He said, I'm gonna visit the iniquity, the strongholds, the generational curses from the fathers to the children, grandchildren, great-grandchildren. Does this make sense? I hope this sobers you. He says, but showing loving kindness to thousands of those who love me and keep my commandments. He's talking about thousands of generational generations. Faith promises multi-generation. We got senior saints, we got kids. I said it all the time, which I was wrong. We have 11 campuses. We don't have 11 campuses. We have thousands of campuses because your house is a faith promise campus. Your home, your family is a faith promise campus where worship and prayer and discipleship because you are raising up warriors for the next generation, not parasites like we talked about last weekend. Somebody with me? Come on. It's where the fruit of the Spirit is watched because people do what people see and it's best thrown at home. That's what joy means. That's how a man ought to treat a woman. That's how a wife can be submissive. This is how kids honor their mom and dad. So this is what I want you to do. Okay. I want you to identify the, five, the, the worst situation in your family out of the five. So we, we, we do you already take survey? Okay. After multiple services, I lose track of where we are. All right, this is what you said were, the, were the, the number one issue in your family. Come on, let's see what it says. Survey said number five, distance, we're too far apart. Number four, generational trauma, what's happened? On number three, the, the, the third, arguments and fights. Number two, survey said, work-life balance. Number one, survey said, busy schedules. Now, this is completely different than the other services because this is a younger service. The millennials I knew would put busy schedule and work-life balance as one and two. It's not. If you think it is, see me after church and I'll fix it in 10 minutes. Get your kids off some ball teams. Don't leave at the soccer field. Get out of some social clubs. Quit working 40 hours a week. See, this is your choice. You choose one and two because of number four. Generational crap that happened to you causes you to not get your security certificates from God because if I'm busy, I'm important. And if I run, 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 then, then God will be happy with me and our families are falling apart. 
Our issue is what we learned at home. That's the issue. It's number four. Come on. Come on, guys. What if I told you God had a game plan for you not to be bankrupted and you can win the game? I'm not talking about Boardwalk or Park Place. So I wanna give you two things this weekend that I believe are the two greatest things that are hindering you. Do you believe God wants you to have an incredible family? Do you believe that God can heal the past? Then I'm gonna give you the two things that I think are the number two, the two number one, the number one and number two, keeping your family. So if you're ready, say I'm ready. All right, number one, as we, as we move forward. The one thing you won't find in heaven is sin. Is that correct? So much less a heart filled with sin. We know that, that the home is where the heart is, right? So when you take a heart of sin home, you're bringing crap into the house. You're impacting your children. You're impacting, you're impacting your marriage. You're impacting a sinful place has no, sinful heart has no place in the home. Jeremiah, the prophet, said this, Jeremiah chapter 17. He said, the sin of Judah is written down with an iron stylus. With a diamond point, it is engraved upon the tablet of the heart, on the horns of the altars. And they remember their children as they remember their altars and the ashram. He's saying, you remember your kids, you train them to be idol worshipers. When you make sports more important than the sovereign God, you have an idol. Dad, when you know more sports statistics about UT than you know about G-O-D, there's an idol in your life. Well, we didn't like that, did we? Don't care. My job is to make you happy. My job is to make you holy. Are you with me? So they remember their altars and their ashram beside the green trees and high hills on the mountains of mine. They're training their kids. I will give your wealth and all your treasures for booty and your high places for sin throughout your borders. He goes on in verse five. Thus says the Lord, cursed is the man who trusts in what? Mankind, in Joe Biden or Donald Trump. Cursed is the one who trusts in the stock market, who trusts in the flesh or in wealth. Those, some of those things are good. And who makes flesh his strength, whose heart turns away from the Lord, he will be like a bush in the desert and will not see prosperity come, but will live in stony waste in the wilderness, a land of salt without inhabitation. Blessed is the man who trusts in the Lord, whose trust is Lord. He'll be like a tree planted by water, extending its roots by the stream. He will not fear when the heat comes and leaves will be green and will not be anxious in the year of drought or cease to yield fruit. Look at verse nine. It's so critical. You got to see this. Come on. If you're listening, I'm listening. Verse nine, the heart is more what? Than anything else. The heart is more deceitful and desperately what? Sick. Who can understand it? I, the Lord, search the heart, test the mind, even to give each man according to his ways and each according to his deeds. It's been good news. See, we were all born with a heart to sin right? DNA, did not ask for. We got it from mom and dad, mama and papa, all the way back to great, great granny Eve and great, great papa Adam. 
Because they sinned, we got a sinful nature. You know, I teach your, teach your kids how to lie, steal, or cheat? Standard equipment. If you say, well, not my children, then you are either blind or you don't have them yet. Because it's coming. But there's been a grace-filled error in your favor. You'll get $200. Why? For those of us that are believers at salvation, we were given a new heart. Ezekiel said, I'll take out your heart of stone and give you a heart of flesh. And I will give you, I'll place my spirit within you. Thus saith the Lord, given the Holy Spirit. But too often, let me tell you what we do. Too often we roll the dice and we play by house rules instead of God's rules. Well, I know I shouldn't, but, I know I shouldn't, but, are y'all with me? What in your heart needs to change? Because this is God's will. God wants a monopoly on your motives. He wants a monopoly on your thoughts. He wants monopoly on your heart. He wants control. You've heard of the saying before, play stupid games, win stupid prizes. If you're a boomer, you've never heard that. That's okay. We're not, we're not cool anymore. We're not in the know anymore. Students, young adults, listen. When you give in to the flesh, when you play stupid game, you're gonna win stupid prizes. You will not pass go. You will not collect $200, and you'll go straight to physical, spiritual, emotional jail. It'll take you farther than you wanted to go, cost you more than you wanted to spend, and keep you longer than you were planning on staying. This is what Paul said. In the battle that rages in the heart of every believer, in Romans chapter seven, probably one of the greatest chapters of the battle within, verse 14, for the, we know that the law, the law, the Old Testament is spiritual, but I am a flesh sold into bondage to sin. Again, DNA. For what I am doing, I don't understand. For I'm not practicing what I would like to do, but I'm doing the very thing I hate. But if I do the very thing I do not want to do, I agree with the law confessing that it is good. It shows me that I have sinned. So now no longer am I the one doing it, but sin which dwells in me. For I know that nothing good dwells in me that is in my flesh, my old nature. For the willing is present, but the doing of good is not. For that which I want, I do not do. I practice the very evil that I do not want. You feel me? Y'all feel me? Paul said, you feel me? I get it. I understand there's a battle that's raging. There's a battle that's going on between the old, test, between the old heart and the new heart, between the law of the flesh, the law, the, the law and the flesh. Now, maybe you're not sure about Jesus. You're not sure about church. You're not sure about faith. It's okay. We're gonna, we, we really do want to help you. But if that's where you are, if you're not sure about God, this whole deal, you ever face things that you know you shouldn't do, but you do them, and you know there's going to be some significant consequences for doing them? We're going to help you in just a few minutes find, meet the one who can get you, give you a free get, free get a jail card. Come on. And, it, and, and it, it, will, it will continue to help us. Does this make sense? Just go ahead. If, if you, if I've, I've already read the rest of chapter seven later this week. A sinful heart has no place in our homes. See, when we turn our hearts towards God and give him monopoly ownership, he will cleanse us of all of our sin. Are you with me? In Galatians, he says this, that if, if you, that those that walk in the spirit 
will not do the deeds of the flesh. Galatians, the whole book is about really the walk between the flesh and the spirit. But I say in verse 16, walk by the spirit and you won't carry out the desires of the flesh. And he lists the deeds of the flesh, some of them. And then, then the fruit of the spirit, love, joy, peace, patience, goodness, kindness, gentleness, faithfulness, and self-control. That's the kind of homes God wants us to live in. Are you with me? Come on, we've said all year long, the hand that holds you, the hand that holds you. And so if you want your heart transformed, give God your heart, give God your home, quit rolling the dice. Give God the monopoly on your life. Give it to him, give it to him. Can I tell you, we put way up on the list fighting and arguments. Can I tell you something? Two spirit-filled people, a man and a woman won't argue. If there's a fight, somebody's full of a spirit, but it's not the holy one. Can you imagine two people full of the spirit, full of the fruit of the spirit, screaming and arguing at each other? No, the flesh has, has elevated. And you can feel that flesh, can't you? Just feel it. Now, the goal is crucified, but sometimes he rises up in me and I just let him loose. Y'all ever do, am I the only heathen in the house? Come on. Come on, you've never done that, but I know what it feels. What did Deuteronomy chapter five, verse nine say? I will visit the iniquity of the fathers to the children on the third and fourth generation. Much of what we do today, we picked up at home. Now, if you grew up in a godly family, rejoice. But if, Mike, me, you didn't, you have to relearn how to live, how to talk to people, how to think. Because I was, I mean, at 11 and 12, I was told to go get all the girls I could get and then come home and tell my dad about it. When I should have been learning how to swing a baseball bat and catch a ball. But that's not what I learned. And so at 22, after I got saved, I had to begin to take out all the godless values and put in godly values. That's what discipleship is or you will walk under the same curse as your parents walked, visiting the iniquities. See, a lot of us just think, this is just the way I am. No, it's not the way you are. And no, it's not the way God, God designed you. It's the way your home wired you. And we gotta repent. So what kind of, what kind of model are you, are you showing your kids? how to walk with God, what loving God looks like, how treating your wife looks like, man, how being a spiritual leader looks like. Are you abdicated the responsibility to her? Are you showing him what it looks like to be faithful in the house of God, to read the word of God, to be a soul winner, to be a giver? Because men, can I tell you something? Listen, your daughters are gonna grow up and marry somebody just like you. Faith, my daughter married a guy just like me. All he does is work at home. All I do at home is do projects. My son, ladies, lest you think you get out, your sons are going to marry a woman just like you. Rachel, Zach's wife, is just like my wife, Michelle. Worship leader, called to ministry. Come on, that's, that's what's gonna happen. What kind of model are you? Are you gonna let your strongholds of the past continue to destroy you in the future? Come on, come on, church. Man, let's give it up to God. Let's learn to walk in the Holy Spirit. Let's learn to walk in the Word to speak life in our home, not death. Come on, don't leave it. Listen, do not leave your future up to chance, but give God control and monopoly. Does this make sense? I'm gonna pray when we open these altars up, sing a couple worship songs, because I believe the Spirit of God has brought some conviction about some things. Now you got a choice. 
Am I going to have godly sorrow and repent of what the Lord has showed me? Or am I going to keep running the same road I've run, getting the same thing I've gotten? God wants you to grow up in all aspects under Jesus. Father God, I pray for a holy moment. I pray for a transformative, supernatural, sovereign work. I pray, God, that there's some people that you've exposed some things that they never even realized, and you're speaking it right now. You're opening up doors. You're making a way of escape. Father, I pray that we would take those those escape routes, that we would be full of the Holy Spirit, that we would walk the Word. God, help us, Father, in these moments. In Jesus' name. Our our praise team's coming out. Lord, suppers at all, all around all of our rooms. You can light a candle, ask God to light your heart. You can kneel at one of these crosses. You can worship or you can do business with God. There'll be people to pray with you. Come on, listen. You want the fire and the freedom of God, then you've got to walk in obedience. Amen? Amen? Come on, let's stand to our feet and let's say yes to God.